Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Buzz Dixon. I am the writer and story editor of G.I. Joe, and I'm here at Knowing is Half the Podcast, and uh, I'm with Ray, Robert, and Gina, and have a good time. everybody and welcome back to your favorite gi joe podcast show this time with the same number of people as last episode you're killing it right killing it i am the hostess with the mostest who chan wants to make a ghostest oh god i am ray stacanus chan is gonna murder you i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) and i'm gina (laughs) evelina First off, I wasn't the one that brought the goddamn cupcakes, and you can call yourself the hostess. You can go. Oh to hell. yeah, those were excellent good cupcakes. Point. Also. Excellent I did cupcake. eat a cupcake, and maybe I'm sugar rushing I, right I, now. I ate two cupcakes. I was, oh, that, I was that person. Oh, geez. well, I made a bunch for uh, Easter yesterday, and uh, oh, oh nice. you had you go visit your boyfriend's family. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> Can't hang out with us. Cool people playing drawful and. Ray's new house. That's right. Chan, Chan uh, finally visited my new house uh, yesterday for as we record this. Easter mm-hmm. Sunday was yesterday, mm-hmm. and we had a delightful time. Without I'm sure Gina it was delightful. I'm Ooh. sure it was. I was coloring Easter eggs and and having family meals. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sounds sounds great, Gina. Uh, Not as cool as my house. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> we are joined in studio by a special guest who's already probably regretting it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Buzz Dixon, say hello to the people at home. Hello to the people at home. Thank you so much. Oh, this is already off the rails, Chad. I was expecting this to be a normal episode, and uh, no, not even a little bit. I feel like uh, I, I, can the still, I can still feel the rails there, just barely. Just still, barely. We're, we're still touching them. We yep. got two two wheels on the rails yep. Yep. coming off. Well, we're talking about an episode here called Into Your Tent. I will silently creep. This is, guys, the last episode of season two of G.I. Joe. <sighs> Really, like I can't believe we've come this far. I was, I was, I was a little bit bummed while I was watching it. To be honest, me too. It felt like graduating high school or something, where you're like, "Yay!" Oh, well, the episode itself felt like because, like, all of season two, being like, "Man." Where's Storm Shadow? Oh, yeah. Where's this and sure. that? Like, all of these things yes. sort of disappeared. And, like, 
everything's back this episode. Like, I, I, uh, like yeah. This, all the silly tropes that we like keep mm-hmm, sh- show right mm-hmm. back up again. Just how much Cobra Commander we got was was yeah. nice. Because yeah. I because I've huge. been missing Cobra Commander a lot this season, and the, the fact that he was in it so much and was so Cobra Commandery. <laughs> I, I feel was, like I was half, enjoying it. Half the plots of season two GI Joe are Cobra Commander plots to overthrow Serpentor. Here's the thing: I, kind of feel I like that way? it because I am on his side. I want to. <laughs> I like I like Serpentor as a character, but I love Cobra Commander. So I want Cobra Commander to overthrow Serpentor. He's like. Walter White in Breaking Bad or something where you know he's evil but you want him to succeed. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Buzz, who who wrote this episode again? Uh, uh... I have no memory of it. Oh no, <laughs> this is going to go terribly wrong. I, I know. I was gonna. I was going to bring this up because uh, when you said you were going to do you know this this particular episode, yes. I, I looked looked it up online. I watched it. And I was trying to remember what I could about the episode, and I'm I am almost completely blank. The only thing I can remember is that I came up with the title, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, Michael Michael Hill was the co-writer on it. Yes, and and if Michael contacts you and says no, Buzz got it all wrong, <laughs> believe him. <laughs> but I will I will give you an. I'll, I'll explain kind of the creative process in the in the script side of things and show how this works in. And basically we have a, a, a pitch, a premise, an outline, and a script. Mm-hmm. And the the pitch can be verbal. It can be written down. But it's rarely more than, than one to three sentences. It just gives the gist of the idea that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And – at that point, we weren't sending the pitches to to Hasbro. We were, you know, we were fielding them ourselves. And if we thought it was good enough, we'd go to premise, and then we'd show the premise to Hasbro. And at that point, Hasbro trusted us enough that I don't think they ever rejected a premise that we sent them. They oh, just—that's uh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they knew we would get the stuff out there, and we'd mm-hmm. tell an interesting story. So, I forget. Who got the ball rolling? It might very well have been Michael. He might have said, I have this idea, and he presented it to me. And I listened to it, and I came up with the title, as I said. And I think what appealed to me about the idea that he presented was that I saw an opportunity to do um, a story about barracks theft. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the reasons they hired me for GI Joe is I had been in the military for six years. I knew something about military culture and how people in the military think and act. And a barracks thief is like the worst thing in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have two guys pound the crap out of each other, but then they'll go have a beer and they'll cool things off and whatnot. You know, you can you can move in on another guy's girl or another gal's guy or whatever, mm-hmm. and and that's. You know that's bad, but it's that's not good. It's not good, <laughs> but it's it's within you know it's 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 within the range of normal, you know, accepted, tolerated behavior. You have somebody stealing from another person in the barracks, mm-hmm. and you know they. When I was in the army, they used to call them BT parties, beat the thief parties. Oh, jeez! And they would just they would just pound the crap out of the guy, and uh, it, it one one base that I was at, it wasn't my unit, but they caught a guy, 
you know, stealing something in one of the barracks, and they just kicked the shit out of him and threw him and all of his stuff in this big drainage ditch. Well, you know, good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I bet he never stole again. (laughs) Well, who knows, because they got him out of the unit, because they couldn't, nobody trusted him. You can't have that. It's built on trust, and you're like, I got your back, you got mine. Mm -hmm. And if you're stealing my tape deck, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's just not, the trust is gone. The the trust is gone. And so I wanted, when, when Michael pitched his idea, I saw where that could, we could bring that element of reality in. And I thought, you know, this is the perfect place to do something like that because it lets us explain it without us having to come up with some, you know, super convoluted reason why, well, it's not, you know, there really wasn't a barracks theft going on. Things are being stolen, but they're being stolen by these mutant rats or whatever mm-hmm. that are running around. We'll get loose. to them in a little yeah. bit. They were very excited. Robo possum. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm guessing that Michael pitched the idea. I responded to it. I said, "Well, we you know we need to do this," and I explained to him what needed to be done. We did the premise. We sent the premise in. Hasbro approved it. I gave it back to Michael and said, "You you do the outline, and then either Michael did the outline in the first draft of the script, or he did the outline, and I took it over in the script stage." And I say that. Because when watching the episode, I got the feeling there are certain scenes and there's certainly dialogue that I I recognize as something I would say or do. Mm -hmm. But the overall flow, the overall arc of the story doesn't feel to me like something the way I would have told it. Not that Mm -hmm. Michael told it wrong. I'm not saying that. But his approach was a different there's different voices going different on. voices yeah mm-hmm. and his approach was a different one from what i would have taken so i'm i am presuming michael had the lion's share of input in at the very least the outline stage and possibly he even did a first draft and then i came in and and messed mm-hmm. it up horribly <laughs> this i actually thought was cool though because there are a few locations that we have never seen like inside joe headquarters like seeing them in the cafeteria line was very cool you guys yeah. know, you know how much i love food <laughs> and okay, so i was I like Ooh, question, cafeteria. Gina, better cafeteria joe headquarters or yahoo <laughs> I mean, I there's no can, better cafeteria than Yahoo. That's a terrible question. Yeah. <laughs> the Sultan of Dubai does not have a better <laughs> cafeteria. Those, those people are just hammering, hammering food money. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, it, we open in the Arctic, in the snow somewhere, because we see walrus. Yes, is that right? Yes. Walrus. That is not not at all. I have a question mark because I wasn't sure. And we see <laughs> Chan. You must have been flipping your gourd because oh, the televipers in this episode. Holy crap. All over the place. This is the most televipery episode Jan, I think we've Jan ever gotten. Loves the televipers. Uh, uh. I'm sure you made a list because I did hear some of the things said on their visors. No, I was going to go back and do it because I was watching on uh, uh, that screen over there and I couldn't see what it said. I kept like, what? Ah, ah, oh. So I was going to go back and make screenshots. Well, I have some of them here. Uh, I wrote down. Uh, I just stopped writing because there were so many good ones. <laughs> yeah. I just caught my favorite three, which is what the... <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Uh, trouble I, I saw spelled trouble. with a U, which brought me joy. <laughs> I, I guess trouble normally is spelled with a U, but this is omitting the O. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then my other favorite one, arg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's the what's the thought process? Like, I maybe you could explain this one. It is a lot of comedy that comes out. Oh, of those it's fantastic. Well, I've I've said before, you know, my philosophy has always been. 
embrace the absurdity. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you if you have something that is goofy, you you don't try to explain it. You don't try to rationalize it and build it into something. It's just guys, this is the way this universe works. <laughs> yep. And it's it's you know jumping over to Batman for a bit. Batman before um, what's his name Chris uh, not Chris um, Christopher Nolan no 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 the um, the artist the, the oh writer, Frank Miller Engel, Engelhart um, who is who is it I'm trying to remember who um, wrote Batman just before Frank Miller uh, oh. Oh, just but anyway but anyway he was the one who started making Batman more serious and then of course uh, Frank came uh. and really pushed it to the nth degree sure. but. Frank Miller once said there are 99 ways to approach Batman and every single one of them works. Correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I would have been the kind of guy that would have been perfectly happy keeping the the uh, Adam West version going. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, Me too. that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he works this way. And then when the Chris Nolan one comes along and they make, you know, a, a very good film explaining as, as close as you possibly could get to such a character – existing in the real world mm-hmm. i can look at that one and go yeah okay fine i'm i'm on board with that you've given you're giving me these characters that are spelling things out on their visors <laughs> you expect me not to run with that oh absolutely <laughs> oh it was a delight and then the televipers like there's a huge battle scene that comes out and the televipers are defeated by country music yes i loved this i loved it so much like this is a touch i also do do not much care for the country uh, western same, music same uh, i would also be undone by it oh yeah no i would be i would be one of the defeated televipers can we just back up real quick and like i understand that the construction of the toys was such like this was a good idea to have the pilots laying down and sort of looking okay, up sure. to be driving. Yeah. Uh, I God, if that ha- if that were in the real world, I would have been drummed out of the the army because th- th- I, sit, sitting like that for like an hour is about on as much stomach? on my bed on my bed reading a book <laughs> is as much as I could take. If I were in a car bouncing around and like trying to drive <laughs> a thing with missiles on top of it at. Ooh. I'm just thinking about it because you're you're basically got two guys with a glass shield and you're at the front of the vehicle with yep. your heads forward right. as the bullets are coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps design. It uh, makes sense uh, as a toy. A flaw because you yeah. got you know you put you just drop the Joes in there and you, you know close the thing so you don't have to make a weird. But how cool nothing, was it but... that like Scarlet got in the the the, the gunnery hatch and then that mm-hmm. broke off and became its mm-hmm. own flying vehicle? Like mm-hmm. that was kind of rad actually. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of the the Cobra Raven with the drone mm-hmm. in the second plane that Except- took. Somehow even more dangerous than driving with your head first in the first place. You're driving a turret, like yeah. literally mm-hmm. a flying turret. And I was just like, oh, I didn't know it did that. I forgot about that. That's very <laughs> exciting stuff. Um, I do have a sound pull for me because just Roadblock's feeling towards country music is yeah. my feeling towards country music. Uh, man, those televipers may cross country mad, but anybody who hates country music can't be all bad. <laughs> He's on the side of the televipers with this one. I'm on his side. Yeah, I, I appreciate him. Now I gotta, I gotta say here. Now I grew up in the South. Okay, so <laughs> when you're talking Hank Williams Sr., when you're talking Patsy Cline, okay, mm-hmm. up through Porter Wagner, up to the point where Dolly Parton got introduced to the mix. Okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. when Classic. Dolly Parton was still a teen star. Okay. Uh-huh. Up to that point, I liked the country music of that era. Classic I liked, country. I like classic country. People I like rockabilly. I like yeah. um, what they call country swing, you know, and all that stuff. Once it, once it became too self-aware, 
mm-hmm. to, to use a phrase mm-hmm. that we, mm-hmm. we used before. Once country music became too self-aware, it, it, it stopped ringing true to me. I, I still like Hank Williams. I mean, I'll listen to Hank Williams any mm-hmm. day. But, sure. But, um, you know, 1980s country music really did suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was god-awful. I you, mean, got, yeah. you got billionaires talking about how they're, you know, like, kicking back on a small country road. and uh-huh. uh, well, it, It's, 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 it's sort of as obnoxious as, like, the commercial, like, rap game is these days, where you get, mm-hmm. like, you know, guys talking about how their hard life on the streets, but they haven't yeah. not been a millionaire for, like, 15 years, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the country music, with the guys being like, I wear my, you know, cowboy boots in my pickup truck and it's like B you've been famous and a millionaire <laughs> you, you don't live on a ranch you live in New York City in a high rise apartment stop I, there's there's a, a parody somebody did and I can't remember I can't remember either the performer or the name of the song but it it is a parody of every modern country music song oh yes and it's just like this. a list of mm-hmm. every element that's in a country music song yes it's the stand up Bo Burnham is Bo it? No, I don't. I don't know. It's it's, but it's like, oh, I got a truck. My girl left. Yeah, I did. Yeah, like it I'd, goes just I'm doing this. It just has everything on the Bo, list. It checking, might be Bo Burnham. checking them off. But yeah, it is very much <laughs> YouTube. Absolutely, I typed in. I started typing in Bo Burr and uh, country song is the first thing that. Oh comes really? Up, so. it, yeah. might, it, it probably is that then. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Anyway. All right. I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, right? yeah. It's great. It's great. We get our first viewpoint now of the jackal snake robots, otherwise I, known as reptilos. I wrote it. I wrote uh, robotic dog snake because uh, that's what I, it looked like to me. And I loved it. Robopossum. You, you guys know how much I love animals. Mm-hmm. I do. And okay, this is I my was question. On, I wanted one of these. I have written down here. Gina, are they cute? Yes. Do you want one? Yes. <laughs> they're cute. And I wanted one. They were and, horrifying. And they sound like ravage. From uh, Transformers. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I want one that. as a pet. I don't care that they're stealing things. <laughs> you wouldn't want your pets to be stealing things from I mean, you, though. I, well, if they're stealing it from me, I'm assuming that they're, like, stealing it and putting it in a pile. Or, like, that maybe they're stealing them for me. Like, you know how cats will bring in a thing and they'll, like, set it at your feet? Like birds? How many tape decks could you possibly use? <laughs> <Yeah. for this? laughs> All the tape decks. <laughs> I feel like they'd be stealing from you and giving to terrorist organizations. <laughs> like they've got some regular show swag or something. Like and ISIS, just, ISIS is ISIS is wearing the regular show hair dryers, <laughs> but they're your size, so it's way too small. <laughs> oh my goodness! But you wouldn't want that as a pet. Yes, I think I would, would. want one okay. of those. I also feel like they're pretty smart. Yeah, they are. are. are they smart? Yeah. Mm. yeah. One uses yeah. a computer, I guess. Again, which is kind of. Can I bring a hair dryer? <laughs> Listen, I don't use a hairdryer. I have curly hair, so they can steal my hairdryer. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that, like, so they go they go into the lunch line. I'm already delighted with this episode because Robotic Dog Snake, next thing we see are computer games. Yeah, they're playing uh, Combat, which was the uh, Atari 2600 game yeah. with the tanks and the joysticks. I mean, I yeah. recognize I mean, this, it from my childhood. Yeah, I mean, this is this, – this is, computer technology is what dates – G.I. Joe, the the original series, oh, more it's than what anything else. Because yeah. you know, we there. I know we did one episode where they had crumpled up a a large floppy disk, and you <laughs> uh-huh. know, they had to figure out how to recover the data from it. There was and, one on ta- uh, on a tape, cas- a cassette yeah. tape. Last yeah, we've also had like the the the. the blueprints for the cobra pyramid temple were found on a giant laser disc thing yeah oh, yeah, to, like, yeah. Take over. yeah but uh, yeah it is one thing because i think of gi joe and it it feels more modern 
uh, even today, uh-huh. uh, compared to its era of the mid '80s, yeah. which were a very unique period of time. Mm-hmm. And then you're right; every single time they do something with computers or technology, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a slap in the face reminder yeah. of where we came from yeah. in a much more analog era. But I yeah. think that's I think that's true of anything that shows any technology. And I think that whatever is being made now that we're seeing in TV, that's p- even people with iPhones, like 20 years from now, people are going to be like, ha. Look at those huge iPhones they're using that uh, no one uses anymore. I will say that the technology, like the computer technology, is dated. The techno babble is actually pretty spot on. Yeah. Like you will hear tech yeah. dialogue that is largely the same today. Mm-hmm. As they're just like, yeah, I just uh, ran it through the computer system algorithms and stuff like that. Yeah, I will, I will that. say that I have frequently, as the, as the one person who did not watch this as a child, I was very surprised at how uh, not just – technology but how ahead of the curve certain things were like i will i would i've frequently googled things to say like oh was that did people know about that in the 80s and i think (laughs) it's just a testament to how smart the writers were that they were ahead of the the average the average joe if you will curve (laughs) but yeah i've 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 googled things and been like i didn't think people knew about you know, whatever Jesus greenhouse gases. Thought the and... Earth was flat until <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's basketball player. There's that basketball player that still thinks the Earth is flat. So. Okay, well, there's that. <laughs> no, there's a lot more people thinking things. This goes back to what we were discussing before uh-huh. the recording started about a certain group having you know their sense of reality shattered. Yeah. And yes. I heard t- it's twenty five. Yeah. Per- the the last uh, stat uh, stat that I read was. Twenty five percent of people think that the Earth is flat. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, very you, you high. You might have seen it's those NASA photos, high. but they only come from one angle, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which Whoa. means, that by in theory, that one out of every four people who are listening to that discussion are enjoying the show, enjoy GI Joe, having a good laugh. And they're like, yeah, but they're they're wrong about that. <laughs> they're wrong about the, the the round Earth thing. Oh no, we call them rounders. <laughs> people who believe that nonsense about. Uh, I, you know, I will say, I was saying to you, Buzz, before we um, started recording, this episode influenced me in ways I didn't realize until, like, like uh, until watching it again just now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I say the things that people say in this episode. These phrases are things I have been using my entire life. And one of the first ways I noticed it is when Mainframe points at his watch, or Dial Tone does, I think it was Mainframe, and it's 4.30 a.m. and he goes, hey, we should be getting to bed right now. We got to get up in a few hours. And I'm like... That's me when I was single. I would go to bed at four thirty after playing video He's, games. He actually says like we have to be up in night. two hours. Yeah. And as someone who now wakes up at five a.m. for work, Ugh. and I try and go to bed by nine p.m. and Gross. eight hours sleep is still not enough for me. <laughs> I don't know how anyone functions on two hours of sleep. <laughs> well, they're, they're, you know these are these are young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not that's that you're true. not a, a young uh, a spring yeah. chicken. Yeah. What are you trying to say here? <laughs> I'm right? saying when you're twenty. You can do things maybe that you can't do as you uh, get closer to 25 like Gina is. Uh, but yeah, I was very excited. Robot Dog Snake, Computer Games, Lunchline. This is like the trio of Gina sweet spots. <laughs> I right want to know the answer to this question. What is that stuff low like? I, I was thinking potato salad. When I saw what he was, what the cook was holding on the spoon, it looked like I was thinking potato salad. I assumed it was gruel. Oh, as served to okay. Orphan Annie and the, the orphan. We don't not know what potato salad is. It, it looks like it looked beef. white. Is oh. it chip beef? Chip, chip beef. Okay. Shit on a shingle. Yeah. I yeah. was. I was. I mean, you guys know that I am a human garbage disposal of all foods. I was. I would. I wanted to see someone 
take it and eat it because I would have been that person. I would have been like, I don't care what it is. Just feed it to me. <laughs> so you wish you could have transplanted yourself into the episode. Yeah, I wanted to eat it. Just to be like, guys, <laughs> if nobody wants that, I'll take the whole. Well, I can tell back. you where the origin of that line came from Please. because there's, yeah. there's a, a movie based on a book by Cornelius Ryan called The Longest Day, mm-hmm. which is is basically the 36 hours leading up to and involving the invasion of Normandy in June 6, 1944. And in one scene, you've got these guys in a chow line. It's a tent. It's pouring rain, and they're going through the chow line, and they're just slopping food onto their their, uh, mess kits. And someone says, what is that? And he says, I don't know. I've stepped in it, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) And, And that stuck with me you know because i saw that movie as a kid and that stuck stayed in my head and so you know i just i tweaked the line around and gave it to low light <laughs> i thought it was fun but then when uh, someone when the joke comes back and then a second person in line also passed on i'm like that is magnificent <laughs> i will say whoever i don't remember who it was but some dick in line says to lady j hey lady j who does your hair and I was mm-hmm. like, come on, man. You guys get like four oh, hours sleep right. a night. You're giving her crap about her hair. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was extremely like strange. Like you wouldn't ask a dude who does their hair when their hair well, is no, messed up. Well, no, except that her hair always looks nice. And then the one day it doesn't, that's kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I was just thinking if that were me and I was a lady in the military, I would not. My hair would literally never be done. <laughs> I don't have time to wake up and then blow dry it. <laughs> well, so we find out there's a whole bunch of things missing, you know, from Lady J's hair dryer to, uh, and then we cross country comes in furious because somebody stole his tape deck. And this mm-hmm. is where I wrote, oh, the rat thing just wanted to listen to some tunes. Yeah, but he wanted to listen to country music. So. No, you don't know. He might have had a sweet collection back at his back at his pit. He might have had a rockin'. <laughs> he could have been a, a Sam Goody and stolen other. You know, he he's could a, have he's... sent away for those uh, like you know all those all those. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, Columbia House. Yeah, he's got Columbia the Columbia House, House guide. Mm-hmm. We got he's got the stamps that he puts on the envelope yep. and yep. mails twelve for them a in. penny. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's I used actually... to sign my parents up for those all the time. He's just smart ass rats. Let's not. Yeah. I just picture one of them as a DJ spinning. <laughs> at the rat club where they're all playing he's got the one headphone oh yeah they would definitely be listening to round and round Oh yeah, because they're because because rat. No, I yeah. Round and round. Oh god. Love I will say that these look Jesus. like tiny little Godzillas at some point to me. Mm-hmm. A little bit, like yeah. like with the with the me- mechanical like like a mecha Godzilla. They mm-hmm. had the little mechanical tails and they, the little tiny dinosaur mm-hmm. Godzilla arms. And they look like they're like uh, part part flesh and part machine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get the vibe that yeah. they are entirely robots. No, so it I, seems like. I, as I recall, when we were doing the episode, that was – if we didn't state it explicitly, that was kind of in our heads that these were some weird hybrid and whatnot. I think they did at some point say something about Mindbender's horrible – No, it was Destro. Uh, Destro he, he, created them. Oh, he yeah, enhanced yeah, yeah. Them. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a line. Yeah. I just picture like Destro like walking around like you know neighborhoods like picking up possums and throwing them in his truck. <laughs> so I, yeah. Just I was actually thinking on uh, what we know about low light. I mean, oh. he's he's a, apparently conquered this fear, but he frequently has nightmares about rats. He so does. what would happen if he woke up in the middle of the night and, and there's saw just one, one on of his chest things. looking at him? <laughs> just running around his room. And it just like says, hey, I needed that lamp. And it just takes <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, that, here's the deal. He'd have to go back to therapy again. <laughs> oh, he never went to therapy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that would be the inciting incident for him starting. <laughs> 
Um, so cross country sets a pretty terrible trap because uh, uh, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> there's bad there's idea. no trap. He was just s- sitting. No, when, when guys are mad, sometimes they make poor choices. But he sets a radio up against the wall oh. in the garage, and then he sits uh, the only like he sits with his back to where all the entrances to the room are. No, to a witness thing. it. This is a good idea. The terrible idea comes when he sees the the oh, mecha yes. rat come and mm-hmm. steal it and he's like I'm going to follow him into this tiny air, into this yep. tiny space I immediately yes. got claustrophobic that's the second bad <laughs> idea uh, I remembered back to the uh, the Hulk Hogan episode, Rock and Wrestling, that we saw, and I was like, so is there going to be a point where he stands up and he's running through the air ducts? Oh, yeah, Because yeah. they just miraculously get bigger get and bigger smaller as, as we need them to be? Uh, no is the answer to that. Um, but yeah, he doesn't call anybody. He doesn't, you know, leave a no note. No time, no time. He just says... No, he, he does, does listen to country music. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we already know he's prone to bad decisions. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, our listeners in the South. <laughs> I hope he brought a dime so he could have made a phone call yeah gi joe will return after these messages that joe's in trouble no my cobras are in trouble that joe is sergeant slaughter don't mess with sergeant slaughter he's as strong as they come i see him take on a hundred cobras and set them on the run meet sergeant slaughter and his triple t tank sergeant sergeant slaughter is now a part of gi joe gi a real american the adventure of G.I. Joe. And look out, Cobra! Sergeant Slaughter comes with Triple T Tank. Cobra figures and equipment sold separately. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Well, uh, we also are, are treated to uh, 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 the rat monster running through the ducks for what seemed monster. like a year Not and a, a half. monster. It's just a genetically enhanced background. Nothing wrong with that. Totally yes. normal. Well, I guess that's fair enough. Well, he's running through there like they keep cutting back to different angles of of the monster rat just going through the tunnels. And also, he's kind of like you. He you could see the thought process of, well, I guess I'm going in there. <laughs> yeah, I would not have even and, for even for the cute little rat thing. I yeah. would not have followed it in. There. I would never have followed it in there. I would have been like, I'm making a call. <laughs> this is no longer in my hands anymore. I could go buy another tape deck. He wants to know what he's doing with it, though. Mm. I like, uh, like. Here's the thing: I would be curious as well, because oh, sure. curiosity would get the best of me. I would probably think about following <laughs> it for a little while, and then I'd be like, I'm not going, I don't know what's going on. I would be curious there. as well. So a couple weeks later, I'd be like, Hey, whatever happened with those rats stealing my tape deck? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so curious that I'd have to go and find out myself. And is it weird that he crawls through the ducks now and he's followed the rat? Uh, and they end up in Chinatown, or was it just China? I was a no, little no, confused. it was Chinatown. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, which I thought was cool. I, I liked, I liked the setting. I liked it was the, great. the backdrop. But it was also because these these um, the the reptiloids were running through town, and people were just walking by and being like, "Yep, that's a thing that happens." Here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've been to Chinatown, but yeah, uh, I was gonna say like, uh, like or even downtown that. L.A. If I saw a mechanical we, rat, we we were in um, a Korean market. <laughs> Uh, last year, and I took a picture of this. I don't know what they are, the name of them, but they're the the cups that you can heat up and you put on people's backs. And oh, it's yeah, so yeah. oh, I love those. And so it's like a whole big case. I mean, a very ornate case and whatnot. I took a picture of it, and my daughter commented on it by saying, you know, if you go to enough Asian markets, nothing surprises you anymore. <laughs> 
Well, That's true. There we yeah. go. Chan, Chan frequently will go to uh, Asian markets and bring That's us true, back yeah. random foods. The day I saw eat. Bull Pizzle in a <laughs> deli, I was like, cool. I've I've reached peak weirdness <laughs> in Asian markets. Nothing bull else. Pizzle? Nothing fuses me anymore. What? what? What's bull pizzle? What do you think bull pizzle is? I would is? think like is bull Is it exactly pizzle? what I think it is? Yes, it is. Oh, no. Just a big old... You oh, know, no. You know how like, like ground beef, like lamb chops, like... Bull pizzles. Oh, I get messed up enough by this the cabeza at the Vallarta of just oh, yeah. like the cow head just there in the case next oh. to my ground beef. Next yeah. level. I don't fun. want that ground beef anymore just because it's near a cow head. You know, it's, it's all little, the parts. There's a there. I don't know if it's still around, but there used to be a Pacific Islander supermarket in oh. in uh, the valley, and uh, I went there. I we had to get some odd thing that can only be found in the Pacific Islander supermarket, and I went in there. And out of curiosity, I'm looking around at the place, and they have these Filipino hot dogs that are like hot pink coloring. Uh-oh. I mean, just fluorescent <laughs> hot pink coloring. You, I, you, you think that they're well? No, they're actually highlight pins, aren't they? I mean, they're not. Oh they're my that, God. You know, and I'm, I'm going. Who, who would look at something like that and think? I'll put that in my mouth. <laughs> Jan, this is your next thing to buy us. To uh, force us to on eat the it. way to your place yesterday, yes. I saw a supermarket that uh, was clearly in a Filipino market area yes. called Seafood City. Yes. Uh, and I think it might be an Asian market uh, of a Filipino variety, which is not one I've been to before. So mm. I'm I haven't been to, to that, that one yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little mm. nervous, to be fair, because I also don't like seafood. So why would I go shop uh, in a place called right. Seafood City? You're the City. worst yeah. person to play this let's eat what Chan yeah. brought us game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have distinct opinions about them, but they're just not very good. I'll, I'll say one last thing about this market, oh, though. Yes, please. It had the smartest fish in the world in it. Because when, you know, Asian markets will have big fish but, tanks, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. And so I'm walking around, I see this big fish tank, and it's full of fish. There's about like 20 or 30 fish swimming around normally. And there's this one fish going, and he's floating upside down. And like, he's going, yeah, nobody's going to buy that fish. I'll get mad cow from that yeah. fish somehow. I don't, you win, fish. As soon as everybody turns around, it's like, Boop, 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 yeah. <laughs> swim normal. Suckers. Um, so cross country ends up falling. I just it, it, it's it kills me because there's three of these because I thought it was just one doing all the work. No, it turns I love out there's, there's a lots. whole flock of them. Yep. And I just love that they're just like not even trying to hide, walking down the sidewalk, yeah. and people are like, "Oh, excuse me, reptiloids." Normal thing that happens. Here. I like that there's lots of them. Also, mm-hmm. he can use a computer. He uses a computer. <laughs> Smart this, I'm telling you, every every scene that I saw this thing in, I was like, I got, I I want one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so uh, cross country follows him to a sewer pipe. So he decides, well, I've already gone through all the air ducts after these things. Uh-huh. What's a sewer pipe on top of it? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, cross country goes through there, and he finds not just a cult, he finds a cobra cult. Yeah, which was like very exciting. Hold up, hold yes, up, please. Question. Are they saying Hava Nagila? <laughs> Is this a Jewish cult? <laughs> Probably. 
ever. I can't. I cannot remember what we did, and it's entirely possible because I've I have done stuff like that before. Well, we we got the oh, episode from two episodes yes. ago yeah. with Destro's backwards, backwards message yeah. oh, that we put so back through the filter and listened to. <laughs> Chan, uh, Chan reversed. Chan it for did us. that for us, and having and it's uh, <laughs> Arthur Berghart saying, "If you are listening to this for a backwards message, you are a huge dweeb," <laughs> and I have not laughed so hard. I was not expecting oh. that, and when Chan played it, I I laughed so hard. Well, I uh, I almost invented uh, Kickstarter when I was working at Ruby <laughs> Spears. We had we had done the Thundar series, and we were trying to launch a Thundar movie. And I had written a trailer for a Thundar movie, and we we could not find funding on it. And I was trying to convince Joe and Ken to do what we would now call crowdsourcing, just Uh basically get fans to buy their tickets in advance and just, you know, fund the movie off of that. But in the script for the trailer, the, the sun sword that's Thundar's weapon has arrived on earth. It's part of, it is part of the Holocaust that creates the, you know, torn up future that Thundar lives in. Mm -hmm. And it impacts during a football game. And it's, it's, you know, it it greatly affects the people who see this. So that by Thundar's time, um, a cult has grown up around it. But the cult is all dressed like football players, oh. like cheerleaders, <laughs> like referees, oh. and they they have this Gregorian chant: "Ra ra sis boomba." <laughs> So, so what you heard, I that's probably me. Guilty as charged. You know? That's fantastic. Um, so I have a theory about this particular episode um, of G.I. Joe, and that's that Cross Country spends roughly 72% of the episode falling. Because <laughs> I was about to – I didn't send you the message, and I was going to ask Chan to keep track in his log of how many times he falls off something, because it's at least seven or eight times in this one episode alone. Here's the thing. I will say – that I I can't recall many cross country episodes. Like I couldn't. I was like, oh, what do I? What what's his like claim to fame in past episodes? But at, by the end of this episode, he is he is capable. Like, yes, he is one of the best Joes in my opinion. When he is like scaling things and jumping to things, he's he's got to be. Top one percent fittest Joes. I have written down here. He's basically Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the, the jumps and he's the hangs insane. and the things he does only found in a video game. Yeah. Well, let me say this: I feel like most of the Joes spend their days running around, jumping, and exhausting themselves. Not like I this, I though. Think... Uh, across country, spends most of his days just laying on his belly, just driving <laughs> around. So He's got plenty of energy. <laughs> is this your new fitness regimen? Is that what I'm By the way, that's not that? usually how fitness works. You don't store it up. And then, uh, and that's then how I do fitness. Awesomely fit for one day. I would I would hazard a guess here that we we in the office probably as we were getting down to the last episodes uh, thought to ourselves, who have we not used mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. recently? And uh, that's why there were the Televipers more prominently featured. And that's why, um, uh, you know, uh, it it just, well, let's, let's, uh, you know, every character is some kid's favorite character. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and we didn't want anyone to go through a season and not feel that they got, you know, that their character didn't do anything. I always felt sorry 
for the Doctor, um, not Doctor Blood, Major Blood fans who went to the <laughs> oh, G.I. Joe yeah. movie. Right. And if they blinked at the wrong time, <laughs> they missed Major Blood, you know. Uh, we, we did cross country as a Know Your Joe uh, yeah. during this season at some point. It was after the episode Gray Hairs and Growing Pains. So the one where the half the Joes get ageified and half get youthified. Oh, um, yeah. He was featured in that episode a little, at least enough to draw my attention to use him okay, for a Know Your okay. Joe segment. Yeah, I mean, I will say that, like, coming up here in a second, the the he so he sees the cobra cult and i just wrote yes 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 cobra commander because i was very excited to see him did you notice real quick that all the cultists in there were they were 100% older white dudes <laughs> Is that just is that Cobra Commander's like is it like the alt right target of, audience of, of the era? Yeah. It's just a bunch of old white dudes in they, robes. They were the safest villains. Yeah, oh, that's yes. what it boils that's down and, to. And, and the most correct villains, if yes. we really think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, you you we had this problem not just on on um, the the Sunbow shows, but on every show I ever worked on. You could not you could not have a minority villain without having at least one upstanding you know counterpoint yes. yeah to yeah it. Mm-hmm. Yes. and we had um i was working for um filmation we did a show called super stretch and micro woman uh that um <laughs> names are amazing <laughs> well they managed to get sued by both marvel and dc oh. <laughs> And lost to both of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, I, was, I told him, I said, tell, tell Marvel and DC to decide who is suing and then just deal with that one, you know, survivor. But, I mean, <laughs> but anyway, in, in uh, Super Stretch is our, was our Plastic Man-like character, Mr. Fantastic or Elongated Man, whoever we were ripping off. Um, All of the above. And... <laughs> I was doing a story where a mad scientist has a uh, triffid-like plant that he can control and that the way Super Stretch gets control of the plant is he twists his face around to look like the mad scientist and get the monster to to start obeying him. Super Stretch was African-American. And so logically, the villain has to be African-American so that... The skin tones match. And between the time I wrote that and I gave it to the storyboard artist and the storyboard artist drew him as an African-American villain, by the time it got to the coloring stage, they oh, no. whitened him up. Oh, I mean, the bad no. guy. Oh, because okay. you could okay. not have. But when Super Stretch changes, mm-hmm. he changes his skin color as well. And I remember asking Lou Scheimer, how long has Super Stretch had this power? Just in this episode. Don't do it again, Buzz. <laughs> you caused us a lot of trouble. Don't do it again. <laughs> um, Gina, you had a point you were going to make about the cults before yeah, I so rudely yeah. cut you off. So, yes. so well, in a second, uh, uh, Cross Country is is set upon by five dreadnoughts, and he's immediately like, um. Don't make me fight you guys. Like he's yeah. a, he's a badass. Like he's there's five dreadnoughts. They all have weapons. He has nothing. He's got nothing. He's crawling around in sewers for Didn't the past even hour. Didn't to grab his gun when he went to go chase the yeah. guy through the dust. Yeah, and he's he like threatens them and is just like, yep, all right, well, don't make me fight you. Okay, if this is where we're going. <laughs> well, I mean, he takes on Firefly and Storm Shadow. That's what yes. I'm saying. Uh, this yeah, guy is awesome. On. I mean, he does get the shit kicked out of him by Storm Shadow should. correctly. Uh, yeah, but but then he's doing parkour. All all over the place at some point. He seriously is. And I just wrote down here, the Dreadnoughts have fun, you guys. These guys, <laughs> they are never not having a blast. <laughs> 
you know. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, yeah, Firefly. We got a Firefly in this episode. Yeah. I, I think we were commenting a week or two ago that we've we barely seen, seen Firefly mm-hmm. this entire season. Yeah. So if the object is to like work back the kit a little bit, then good job. I would mm. say there. And um, yeah, so the other thing I have here is uh, G.I. Joe starts figuring out the game right now. Yeah. And they find out that this important file off of Dial Tone and Mainframe's computer has been deleted by unauthorized personnel and left a trail saying this was deleted by unauthorized personnel. And I guess the question I have is why do you have a system in place that allows unauthorized personnel to delete your files in the first place? I'm assuming there was some sort of deep, deep, deep backup somewhere. You think so? Of the combat game? Maybe. Well, spoiler alert, of the combat game. Yeah, it's called an Atari 2600. They could have just walked down to the Toys R Us and picked one up. But I have a question here because uh, uh, at some point they they need to alert General Hawk. And so they go into General Hawk's office, who's just there with Sergeant Slaughter, who's just pacing. <laughs> just hanging. Just, and hanging neither out. of them are talking to each other. Having some bro-on-bro time. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so only General Hawk can only see him? Only General Hawk can see him. This is, a, this is amazing. <laughs> I just wrote, what was Sergeant Slaughter doing? Just pacing. <laughs> well, he, we also haven't seen him in a few episodes yeah, either. So. Yeah. But also... I think I I think I might have an explanation for that. (laughs) Yes, he has no dialogue, right? Right. None none of the episode. We Mm -hmm. probably because I see it it seems to be sparking a memory. Now we had written him in, and they had storyboarded it, and then they said, "Well, we can't get you know, uh, we can't get him. You know, he's we'd have to fly him out." Interesting. you know, he's on so his own schedule. He's yeah. on his own schedule. So it's like, oh, okay, well, then just cut his dialogue, give it to other people. And <laughs> nobody thought, well, why don't we just take him out? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we've had we had weird problems like this. I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. We did an episode one time where there are three dread, dead, dreadnoughts standing on an airstrip on the tarmac where the airplanes actually land and take off. They're standing there, and they're having an argument, and two of them are arguing with each other. And then the third one, I'll say Buzzer, joins the argument. And I'm writing the script, and I say Buzzer sticks his oar in the water, meaning he joins the argument. Mm -hmm. It goes to the storyboard department. These guys read everything literally. (laughs) All of a sudden, there's a creek running across (laughs) the airstrip, and he's standing there with an oar, and he sticks it right in the water. Uh, Correctly, I would say. Um. Well, I like to think that – I like to think that – Sergeant Slaughter was sort of like pulling an Andy Rooney and just letting General Hawk know all of his grievances. Oh, like he's like, and another thing, the quality <laughs> of the food has gone way down. And how come the only movie you guys ever show is Taps? I want a new movie in here. Why is Dial Tone always hanging around? That guy's a real loser. <laughs> I just think it was like a stream of consciousness airing of his grievances. Now, the, now that we Hawk. have Dial Tone back, he still only eats canned beans. And that, it's was, that was why he was pacing, because he was he was. <laughs> Going back and forth across the room. Well, uh, he says, uh, Hawk says, uh, Our computer security section. Be right there, mainframe. Sergeant Slaughter, you better come with me. Why? <laughs> Why does Sergeant Slaughter need to come for a computer violation? Sergeant Slaughter knows nothing about computers. Like, you sir. better come with me. You might have to punch the computer. <laughs> we have talked about Sergeant Slaughter running a purely punched base vehicle squadron. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The computer is run on punch cards. On- so that's why. Oh, just, pun. New age punch technology. <laughs> 
Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, I'm glad he did because <laughs> I it brought me great joy when I realized Sergeant Slaughter wasn't going to say anything. And 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 Bob Remus, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, is listed in the voice actors for the episode oh, uh-huh. of this episode. Uh, I assume it's because it's the same credits every single yeah. time for the entirety of the yeah. season. But I laugh because I'm just like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> Um, so uh, we, yes, we uh, we go uh, to uh, Serpentor right this now. This is Serpentor, and I know you have something to say about this scene, Chad. I know there's a sound pull for you because I just I was I was giggling with joy when Doctor Mindbender tries to explain away where all the vipers went. I do not know, Great Cobra Emperor. I did hear a rumor of Cobra flu, but. <laughs> cobra flu, man. Yep. Here's the Just thing. Like Here's flu. the thing. We have established many times over that Cobra has an amazing health plan. They've mm-hmm. got that spa yes. that's mm-hmm. that's like so. So I feel like if there was a Cobra flu, they no, would no. give everyone plenty of rest and relaxation. Cobra flu. Did you not uh, get that uh, reference? No. Blue flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, like everybody takes the day off. But they're it's not they're not sick. They're just like oh, <laughs> I've got a oh, got it. Got yeah. it so they're got all at the baseball game or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that, or you know, underground cult, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a thing we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so That's this what I'm we- doing every time I call out of work sick. <laughs> I got my underground cult to go to. <laughs> I just said at a point right now, it should just be listed on the uh, uh, job description where you get your paid time off and then you get sick days uh-huh, uh-huh. because how many days are we a year do we actually get sick like you know like me it's like once maybe yeah same, an same. entire year I'm, yeah. I'm i'm fairly healthy shockingly. you want to make sure you use those sick days but yeah because you want to get paid <laughs> you don't want to lose them no they're the ones that don't roll over <laughs> i mean what i'm trying to say guys is <laughs> i'm yeah. not feeling so your great. bosses are listening to this right crap and here's the thing i love cobra commander we all love cobra commander mm-hmm. yes but i mean I'm a Dr. Mindbender guy, which means I'm kind of on the side of Serpentor. Uh, 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 oh, uh, man. But only because, you know, I like Mindbender and then... Uh, what a spoiled brat I have created. Like, it's nice to know that Mindbender also understands he's, that... Yeah, he's aware of the monster he, he's made. <laughs> yes. Like, but, he wasn't we, a very good parent. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't <laughs> discipline him enough. <laughs> Just, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, I got to... Okay, honey... We'll yeah. get you the. We'll get the, you your push pop. Yeah, or or like uh, Serpentor is like, it's my sixteenth birthday. You need to get me a pink car for my birthday. <laughs> and Doctor Mindbender is like, honey, honey, no. I demand a quinceanera. <laughs> okay, this uh, I command. The problem is though, if you don't buy Serpentor the pony, Serpentor picks you up above his head and throws you <laughs> off a bridge. Yeah, it's not like for yeah. lack of trying. This is why Mindbender has realized it's easier just to buy him a pony and throw him the quinceanera. <laughs> Uh, and this is where we go back to cross country being like, see, this is where he top, he yes. grabs an entire statue yes. and throws it off the pillar at yeah. time. Rides it down then, like Slim Pickens. He rides it down, yeah, like like Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever done F, marry, kill with him, but I, like, yeah, I would we marry or We will next, no, here, Joe, I promise that. <laughs> Um, and he escapes again. Like it's just, it's a perpetual state of him just falling over <laughs> and over again. Falling um, gracefully, though. Uh, not every time. <laughs> um, so, what's the deal with like the gold mines? Because I have not been to a gold mine, oh. uh, but there are nuggets the size of you know uh, soccer balls. Uh, the nuggets do break in half, so it's it's yeah. ore. They're going it's to ore, get okay. the gold out yeah. of it. Yeah, this is like a very Indiana Jones scene. 
Yes. Like like when I saw it, it was very. It was That's very what I was going to say earlier. Yeah, it uh, was it was doubtlessly that because we were um, shamelessly ripping off pop culture left and right. And, <laughs> oh, we we we've, we noticed. Yeah, that. and um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that had had permeated at that point. I'll I'll, I'll go back to. Mark Twain, of all people, because when you're talking about the gold mine, it, it sparked this memory in Roughing It, which is his account of his days in Nevada and the West Coast, you know, when he was dodging the draft during the Civil War. Um, he he was talking about the these con artists who would open up a mine and then they would salt the mine with uh-huh. silver ore and get people to invest in it. And they would typically take coins and melt the coins down into little tiny nuggets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And one time they didn't melt the coin down enough. And so it was like half (laughs) melted, but it was still recognizable as a coin. And the guy finds it, the guy, the Mark finds it. And the con man says, look at that. I mean, this, the silver is so pure. It's almost turning itself into coins. Um, <laughs> let me just say, Cobra Commander reminds me of many corporate overlords I've known known for my entire life because the people in this mine have been working for three days straight mm-hmm. with no sleep, yep. minimal food, yep. and Cobra Commander walking through like every great like upper management I've ever seen. He says, "Hundred percent production increase by tomorrow," uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Live that life." Plenty of times before, <laughs> literally, their Destro or whoever is just like, "These people haven't slept in three." days he's like don't care this is a results-based industry sir uh one thing i noticed obviously you're not going to have black people in shackles pushing oh, no. these things yeah, along no, no 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 but they are all uh they're all old white hair they either have white hair or they're balding yeah uh one or the other why not get like a twenty-year-old? I feel like they're going to no, be a harder you want worker. People, than I a... think you want people whose spirits are like broken, like who aren't going to fight back. I mean, these I, are I, Walmart I... employees. <laughs> <laughs> sweep up all the greeters. Yeah. And put them in a this is what. Okay, this is the question that I had though, is because this is right inside Chinatown, mm-hmm. and yet they're all just a bunch of white people. Like, if they were mm-hmm. taking from the local area, shouldn't they all be Asian? I don't like, think they are taking point. from no. the local area because you don't here's think the so? thing: the Chinatown locals would get white. Like, when, oh, once okay. they're taking their their own, yeah, yeah. they're gonna be like, "Oh hell no! Uh, all right, Ch- let's figure out what's going on and let's revolt." But if you go slightly outside they don't the the chinatown people aren't gonna be like oh no they're stealing old white people have you seen a whole bunch of well old white people in shackles yeah (laughs) where are they Eh. Stop caring. Help them. Yeah. But Don't I care. also think that maybe this was a play on like in Indiana Jones it was all little kids. Yeah. Okay. And and now you. and now they sort of did the opposite which was to me funnier. Oh yeah. No, it was it was great. Don't get me wrong. I had a, the only thing missing from it was like a minecart ride, but we already did that in Pyramid <laughs> yeah, of Darkness. Yeah. So we'd be kind of retreading old ground right there. Mm-hmm. Uh stop if you heard this before. Cross Country Falls. And lands into uh, Cobra Commander, I believe. Oh. And then he gets captured again in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's, left in a, he's left in a cave with a door, which mm-hmm. I thought was fantastic. And he finds a key in his goggles that he pulled out. Yep. And he undoes his handcuffs. And I just wrote to here, they should have locked that cave. <laughs> you it's don't leave your lock- caves unlocked. Right. That's a lock pick. No, no, no. But he, it is, but they just closed the door of the cave, and then he just opens it up. I didn't hear any clicks or anything like that. Where would you even put the lock in the cave? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, I, I absolutely. But then it just kind of goes a little crazy town. Because Hold on. Wait a minute. Yes. He has a lock pick. So obviously he has a rock pick as well. Right. That works. Right. A rock pick. A rock pick. Yeah. There's a big rock door. So you obviously need a rock pick to open it up. <laughs> oh, no. We you brought to... this on yourself. I did. No, I, I accept full responsibility would... for all of it. Uh, so we, we have a kind of a crazy town moment because he's escaping and 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 suddenly like there's darts shooting at him uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and uh, okay guess one of the things I was saying like Temple of Doom it's man. very Temple of Doom yeah. I didn't think about that as we as we mm-hmm. were watching it honestly that one kind of like I saw elements but I didn't think like let's mm-hmm. just cram a bunch of Temple of Doom stuff well more than I that see it now in hindsight this mm-hmm. like again like it feels like a whole bunch of little things like things we enjoy from past episodes kind of like as a you know for the final episode like oh yeah of course this place has like uh, like Booby traps yeah, yeah. like Points you know of like dart old traps. Old school Cobra temples, you know, mm-hmm. where you're running and you're going up. Um, so, uh, I could, it could quite possibly have been, you know, as you say, this is the last episode of the series and we're going, well, we're out of here on Friday. What time is it right now? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Whatever. Go, go. You know? <laughs> well, cross country escapes by, wait for it. Falling into a pit, <laughs> and he lands in a whole bunch of water, and yeah. gets sucked down into a whirlpool commercial break, and he makes an e-ticket joke, and I absolutely loved that, because I don't think the kids and the young people these days, and Gina Ippolito, know what an e-ticket was. Yeah, Gina, you've never been to Disneyland. You don't know what an e-ticket ride is. An e-ticket ride? It was a very common expression back in the 80s and early 90s uh, uh, that got referenced a lot in popular well, culture. Well, it got it got referenced because of what S- Sally Ride said. She used the expression that was an e-ticket ride, but the e-tickets had the, – the ticket system had already been surplanted at Disneyland. Right. It Nobody had used the tickets at Disneyland for about like – 10, 15 years at that point. But it was still in the public consciousness. It was still in the public consciousness. The For those of you who are listening who may not know what an e-ticket was, it used to be when you'd go to Disneyland, they'd hand you a coupon book of tickets. This I knew. There would be A tickets, which were like the crappy stuff, like the, the you know, the targets, the teacups oh. or the target Ugh. range, uh-huh. you know, and then you worked your way up to like uh, the Matterhorn, which would be an Ooh, e-ticket yeah. or something like that. And so, of course... Uh, People are trading and swapping them back and forth. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you four C tickets if you'll give me a B ticket or oh, something like okay. that. And the expression an E ticket ride meant the primo ride that was going on. So when Sally mm-hmm. Ride, who was the first American woman in mm-hmm. space, um, when she was asked about this, she said it was a real E ticket ride, oh. and that became a popular phrase, and people started using it. Uh, once again, even though it was like 15 years out of date sure. by that point. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, and so e-ticket. And I would say mm. g- dropping down a pit into water, going mm. through a waterfall, uh-huh. being ejected into a lake, and then having to punch a shark is about as e-ticket as it gets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me just say, so he finds the lighthouse, uh, cross country does, he escapes into a lighthouse that's been deserted. Again, I love this dude. He's pretty rad. <laughs> like, here's the thing, usually in the G.I. Joe world, they're strong, or they're smart, or they're agile. Like, Sergeant Slaughter is strong, but he's not super smart, he's maybe not agile. It's like a video game, where you have a big, you can pick like a big character that's like really strong, but slow. You, you have a certain amount like, of character points you got to put exactly, in your attributes. Exactly, yeah. And this dude is like, he's agile, he's strong, and then he goes and does this, and he's like, oh, Lighthouse, know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm telling you, 
You He's lay aces. down all day long. <laughs> that one moment when you really got to come through. Stop trying to tell us that this guy is like you because you lay down all day long, Chan. Chan, how many sharks did you punch today? You know what? When when I am in a shark punching yeah. uh, scenario, I'll be ready for it. Because okay. he'll have Will saved you? up all of his energy from 40 years of laziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? Why not? I'm on board. I'm on board, guys. Yeah, he, he comes up with the actually pretty ingenious thing. of He he, he hooks up the lighthouse. He turns it on. Yeah. And then blink, 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 blink. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and this is where like the geography is starting to like uh, be confusing to me because we're near Chinatown still. Mm-hmm. And that it's a Polish cargo ship. That uh, well, it's actually, not in Poland. It's, it's just a Polish cargo. It's ship. a Polish cargo ship off the off the shore of America near Chinatown, <laughs> yeah. where reptilos seem to roam. Yeah. And I was just like, I love the nebulous space of this. It's it's whatever we need it to be. <laughs> and yes, it makes sense. This is America. Gosh darn it. I would like to go to this magical land. I would live there. Yeah. 100%. It's like Duckburg. I mean, whatever you needed. In Duck- <laughs> whatever you needed in Duckburg was right there. That's true. You know? That's a fact. That's true. Uh, uh, lasers. Uh, Race cars, airplanes. That's it. Yep. It's a duck blur. Got it. Got to work it in. Um so G.I. Joe now knows what's up. They get this. They, what was the message from cross country? I kept thinking, like, the way Hawk responded to it by laughing, he's like, oh, yeah, that's the message, all right. I was curious what the message was because we don't actually find out. Oh, There's that's no, true, I guess. It's, it's, like, it's like a great thing that's kind of put out there, a little, a little seed. Probably got, got, you know, cut at some point, either, either in the film editing where they had to, you know, trim something down mm-hmm. to accommodate all of the, you know, air vent. Crawling scenes. <laughs> crawling. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and explain a little more about the actual production yes, now please. because uh-huh. each segment had to be exactly so many minutes and so many seconds mm-hmm. long. We couldn't go a second over. We couldn't go a second under. And so, um, and and a, a a good bad example of this is in Arise Serpento or Arise, like yeah. the last chapter is really padded out with, uh, you know, in our previous episode type stuff because it it really wasn't a full 22-minute episode. It was more like, you know, 15, 16 minutes. And you told us before you had, like, basically four episodes worth of material that you needed to pull pull outside to make it fine. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So um, it's entirely possible that when they're they're doing the storyboarding and whatnot – and we've we've provided where we think the act breaks will go, but they're actually storyboarding it, and they're going, oh, act one, we're about like thirty seconds short. We need to you know pad this out. Well, we'll just stretch out the the chase through the uh, the um, air vents, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it, it becomes real simple to just add thirty seconds worth of, of material and, there. And they could do it with the same assets too. They exactly. don't have to draw anything yeah. new. It was mm-hmm. the same, yeah, him, the, exactly. the reptoid like running the same, <laughs> the same patch three or four times, and I loved it. Then conversely, you get to the end of the show and you you recognize, wow, we're running about like fifteen seconds too long. Well, here's a line of dialogue <laughs> that can come out. Let's just whack it out. Well, mm-hmm. it's a joke. Well. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> uh, well, fantastic. So G.I. Joe, they now know what the game is. They uh-huh, show up uh-huh. to the, the underground. This is a large area for nobody noticing it. So this is a huge underground cave. Um, Again, I visited Chinatown many times, and yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure if such a thing existed, they'd be like, what's that got to do with me? 
Yep. Okay. Like I got a shop to open up in fifteen it's, minutes. It's like right. they, the the one of the largest caves ever found was found recently in Vietnam, and it's like, oh. wait a second, you guys have been continuously at war for like fifty, sixty years, and nobody stumbled onto this thing. <laughs> nobody saw that there was like. A cave the size of New Hampshire underneath <laughs> <laughs> underneath Vietnam. Well, dude, it's a cool moment because GI Joe shows up, and all they basically do is they just light the flame, and then they they make it okay to fight Cobra for the uh-huh. the people who are there as slaves, mm-hmm. and then they just start like whooping up on everybody. And I just have written down here like. I know we wanted to work Televipers into the episode, but is this the best use of their talents? <laughs> These are the technical, computer-savvy Televipers, and we've got them essentially like pushing old people on carts. <laughs> you know, well, and that's I, that's why they were pretty easy to take down. And they were super easy to take down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like it had to been Crimson Guardsmen or something doing. But you don't want to. Like, you don't want to make Crimson Guardsmen. Actually, like guarding people because that's sort of beneath they're guardsmen, them. Gina. No, no, I know, no, but I feel like guards. they're out in the no. field. Guards, they're yeah. out in the field, you know. That's true. Yeah. They are undercover, and you got guys like Crimson Guardsman Number Nine out there. Yeah. Also, like legit. you're trying to recruit people to overthrow your boss, you may not go for the the uh, the bright, flashy ones, the ones who will be noticed if they're gone. They're like, where the televipers go? I don't know. Should I give a shit? Yeah, Serpentor noticed if all the Crimson Guardsmen were gone. Sure, I don't think. He, yeah, you're right though. When is Serpentor hanging out in the computer room though? You know, he's one of those nerds. Yeah, exactly. I'm not hanging out with them. <laughs> it's like I don't have to. I don't have to read their passive aggressive messages <laughs> on their visors <laughs> as they're walking down the hall. Imagine how much trouble you'd get in those Serpentors. Like he's just screaming, "Do this, do this! You're not efficient." He just go, "Dick!" <laughs> just across the visor. That would get you in so much trouble. <laughs> um, so we're, we're rolling to the end of the episode here. Um, uh, I appreciate the fact that they, they they find the secret file. It's like, oh, we found the secret GI Joe file. Destro can't decode it quickly, mm-hmm. and the base starts collapsing around them. So Destro, instead of taking it with him, just cavalierly just Boom. throws it behind him. Yeah. He goes up, oh, f it. Whoop, that is a very Destro thing to do. Yeah, I couldn't crack it, so probably doesn't matter. Yeah, and he was right. He, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cobra Commander was on him about this thing, and uh, Destro had spent a lot of time and effort creating these uh, reptiloids <laughs> and right. doing all this thing, and it hasn't quite worked out as well as you know he wanted it to. Probably put a lot of money into re- research and development. A lot. <laughs> uh, and when, when they got the disc, they were like, oh, that's amazing, Destro. You did a great job. He's like, well, thank you very much. This is my thing. He cracked that thing like five minutes in, and it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a computer game up. You know what? This is just going to take me a little bit longer. I promise. Top secret information. Real oh important. Goodness. Like, oh, the base is crawling down, falling down around us. Oh, lost the disc. Let's go. Uh, here's the deal. I don't know if we can get some uh, approval on that. But that's I'm, I'm willing to retcon it. I'm willing to retcon it. Because <laughs> that's absolutely, that's fantastic. Yeah. I want it to be true. Now it's true. It's true now. It's true it's, now. Uh, We've rewritten G.I. Joe. It took 80 episodes. Add it to the Wikipedia page for the episode. That's right. <laughs> Uh, knowing is half the podcast. It was confirmed the fan theory. <laughs> oh, oh, I would love God. that if someone. And then, yeah, that. and then cross country falls a whole bunch more. Um, he, <laughs> he, he finds the tape deck, gets very excited, finds Lady J's hair dryer and a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have the moment we talked about earlier: Storm Shadow 
beats the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> like to the point where he's hitting him and leaving red splotches <laughs> where he's punching him. Before we get to that, though. Yes. Uh... We have you for a prisoner. Good job, Cobra Commander, because you already let him go once. <laughs> Why would you bother taking him as a prisoner the second time when he clearly wasn't uh, enough of a high, uh, uh, a high money? What's the high high priority? Uh, high priority target. Um, high value. High, high value. value Thank target. you. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to the point where he he dropped into the uh, uh, cross country, dropped into the whirlpool. Uh-huh. You had to know schematically where that whirlpool would eject him to at some point. Yeah, you didn't even like you didn't even send people he's out got, to look for him. You know, Cobra Commander's got a lot going on. He's, he's gonna let a few on. things fall through the cracks, and then if a prisoner happens to make his way back to him, he's like, "Yeah, all right, I'll take it." Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Second chance at capturing this uh, guy. They had a shark out there, Ray. Was that their shark? Probably. Oh, you think it was yeah. a cobra shark? I got the impression it's just a shark that lives in a oh. lake like they do. One. I like the I like <laughs> the idea though that co- it belongs to Cobra. Yeah. Uh, let, I do let feel, I'll take care of it. He'll be fine. In the moment with the shark, if we can cut back really quick, I feel like it was potentially a small missed opportunity because I honest to God assumed after what he did with the statue riding it that he was gonna ride the shark. <laughs> shark. I oh, really come honest on. to God believe when he goes and punches You've the shark. You've been watching too many Hulk Hogan's <laughs> cartoons. I really swear to God I was just just like he's gonna grab that shark fin and he's gonna ride it. That's not how reality works, Ray. Up. Oh my bad, Gina. I wanted it so bad. I just sort of like the way this episode's going. Of course, that's the direction we're gonna go. So it and you know, it was just uh, for me. I just I would like to see it. It was a, a little thing. Uh, Okay, so uh, uh, Cross Country ends up winning the battle with Storm Shadow by throwing a purse at him. Yeah, a uh, purse, purse full of things. Yeah. I don't know if you've been hit by a very heavy woman's oh, yeah. purse. I guarantee you it would. Chad, why would you You're... think I haven't? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't see your wife walking around with a lot of big purses. But I've seen. Uh, you're, it's probably not his wife. It's probably just going to be any woman that spots Ray on the street is going to throw a okay, well, I get person. attacked by women all the time, <laughs> and often I don't have a clue why. Well, I, I know why. Because <laughs> you didn't start the dishwasher. <laughs> I, I know what I look like. I know why. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, so uh, he ends up. Uh, he gets rescued. Uh, we're, we're short for time, so cross country. Uh, uh, all the stuff is broken. He's all excited about being the hero to return the stuff, and it's all blah. And that's kind of like our oh. And that's then a we twelve dollar hair dryer, Lady J. Yeah, Suck it's, it up and buy you know, a it's new a con one. air. We'll be fine. No, it's a pain in the butt to buy new hair dryers. Once you find one you like, you're like, all right. Especially when you're on a military base, what's she gonna do? Where's she gonna go? She's not gonna go to, down to the street to the CVS. They're in Chinatown. That's true. Find one. That's true. <laughs> And then we find out the truth of the stolen video game, mm. and that it was actually like dial tone and uh, 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 mainframes uh, combat game. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the whole pro- and so and and going back to it here, uh, I actually skipped over it. Uh, the couple of other things from this episode, uh, real quick, that I still do. Mainframe at a certain point, right before the the computer game gets lifted, he gets up to go get more coffee. He points to the computer and says, "Stay." <laughs> I have been oh, yeah, doing that, was that a good to moment. inanimate objects for my entire <laughs> life, and watching this episode, I just literally wrote, "Oh my god, I do that." <laughs> That's the thing I do now. Yeah, I had no idea it was from this episode, <laughs> but I, I, I do it all the time. And then the other one was the final video, uh, the final video game. The final uh, uh, phrase of the game is, "Some days it just doesn't pay to get out of that bed." That is not what he says, Ray. What does he say? Some nights it just don't pay to get out of bed. 
some nights it Excuse just don't me. pay because it's low light. I loved that line. <laughs> Especially knowing what we know about low light that he's mm-hmm. had insomnia for years. That's right. Um, and I, I just that sometimes when I'm having a bad day mm-hmm. and I'm in the moment of having a bad day, I'm realizing, boy, this day isn't going well at all. It'll pop into my head the phrase some nights it doesn't some days it doesn't pay to no, get out. No, some nights is funny. I, some I'm going to start using it the correct way now that I know it. That's uh, and I just like that phrase. Uh, that phrase is something that will occur to me, and it's again because of this episode of GI Joe. So. <laughs> That is Into Your Tent, I Will Silently Creek. That's the end of season two. Buzz, uh, thank you so much for you. joining us right here. Uh, you. If you guys haven't already, go on Kindle Worlds, The Most Dangerous Man in the World, and uh, uh, buy it. Please. Buy the thing, yeah. And we'll be we'll be buying it for one lucky Patreon person. One late lucky supporter on Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Uh, I just hiccuped a little in the middle of that sentence, so I apologize for that. <laughs> Don't type that hiccup I just in. thought you were having a mild heart attack it or was, something. I was, I was sure. Is this, is this the bit? It's not. Okay, cool. It's just <laughs> me stupid. Okay, cool. Uh, Patreon.com slash knowing yourself the podcast. Go on there, support the show. Five bucks a month, you can access the bonus vault and all the extra episodes that we do of this show mm-hmm. and the other cartoons that we do. And all the back episodes of G.I. Joe. Uh, you can also go to Facebook.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. Uh, Buzz, anything else you'd like to plug for us besides Most Dangerous Man in the World? Well, I have uh, an upcoming book, uh, Poor Banished Children of Eve, which Ooh. I have I have described as a World War II Lord of the Flies with Catholic schoolgirls. Boom. Yes. There it is, folks. So uh, we'll definitely awesome. get, uh, send me some details when it's out, and we'll yes. definitely be well, plugging yeah. it more for you. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, Top Story Weekly, uh, Sunday nights. I'm on writing staff this week uh, for the, at the I.O. West Theater in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see uh, topical, news-based sketch comedy, uh, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. at the I.O. West Theater. I will be there. I will buy you a drink probably if I see you there. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, so Top Story Weekly. Anything else you guys want to plug right now? No. Uh, Gina's the not doing anything interesting at all. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, the Regenerates podcast, of course, Doctor Who uh, season ten has just started up, so we're doing uh, all of those episodes now. Uh, me and Riley Silverman, it's a fun show. Did, did, did my episode uh, go out yet? Is that a, is that is that a live thing? People uh, can yeah, to? yeah, yeah. Totally oh, yeah. so you yeah, can yeah. listen to me uh, talking about Doctor Who yeah. with Chan, and mm-hmm. it's really crazy because as the not host of the show, I had to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> So, guys, thank you so much for listening. A real quick contact information, as we said before, Facebook.com, so Snowing's half the podcast, uh, at G.I. Joe Podcast for the show. Otherwise, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And Buzz? I'm at www.buzzdixon.com, all one word. That's right. And so you can go ahead and uh, uh, go on the blog and then read up all the uh, essays and such that you've written on there. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Something. Because this is the last episode of season two, I think, <laughs> and we've talked before. I think we're going to go back and do the mass the mass uh, device. Yeah, mm-hmm. we still have the, the two miniseries left to do, so we're yeah. going to go back and do those. Plus, the first miniseries is very much on Tubi TV, so we can watch it very mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. The Weather Dominator is not, so we're going to have oh. to figure that one out. Oh. Okay, but it's all good. We got five weeks to figure it out. So mm-hmm. Buzz, I, bel- yes. I believe I said that we're going to have uh, guests on every episode. You did say that, so we should. Pro- uh, somebody should start, start booking. Out yes. <laughs> I guess we should start booking. Huh? I kind of forgot about that. Uh, if we don't, well, then let's, I never said that. <laughs> Go back and edit it out. Buzz, thank you so much for joining thank us. Uh, let's let's get you home because you've got some some cleaning up to do. Yes, I did. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.
Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, "Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win." On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast recs and foodie debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.